Window World, the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at windowskansascity.com. Before we get to the drama of the U.S. House of Representatives and trying to elect a speaker, and it looks like there is a lot of change in this overnight as meetings went on late Wednesday night and into Thursday that have been uh, leading to concessions by Kevin McCarthy in order for him to become the Speaker of the House. We'll get to all that in just a couple of moments. We'll do an update here on DeMar Hamlin and the resumption to normalcy in the National Football League. The games are on this weekend. Everything looks like it's a go. And that means the Chiefs will play the Raiders on Saturday afternoon. And it will be a very important game. We'll have much more on that in sports later in KKHI. But the headline here is things are returning to normal, and there's less and less round-the-clock coverage of DeMar Hamlin's health condition in that hospital in Cincinnati. The two updates that we have, the first coming from a representative for DeMar Hamlin, part of his agency and marketing and rep group that they have, that many players have, is that Hamlin was resuscitated only once on the field and not twice. There's a big difference there. And that would be the CPR when they brought uh, when they brought him back from what the initially happened. It didn't happen again, so it happened once, not twice. That was clarified by his agents. That is excellent news, according to doctors. Terrific news. And the agent, the representative from the family, also said that the doctors at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center are seeing what they want to see with Demar, and that maybe is the best quote we've heard yet. The doctors are seeing what they want to see. As he continues to be sedated, I don't like using the word coma. Uh, they've got him resting and asleep and on his stomach so he can breathe better, and he's breathing more and more on his own without any help. This is obviously to help the vital organs, including most specifically the brain, in hopes that there will be no neurological damage. does not appear that there, by any accounts here, although it's not confirmed by the doctors, that there's any structural or heart damage or heart condition taking place. That This was an incident, a one-off, and they, they fix that, and it's back, and it's normal. When they say all, all vitals are normal, that would mean that your heart is beating normal and your heart is good. So we'll wait and hear the final results on all of that, but this is all really, really good. There are still many, many, many people that believe this was an electrical instability issue with the heart after blunt force trauma. We can have that debate somewhere down the road after the doctors talk and tell us exactly the condition or make some sort of an announcement about DeMar Hamlin and what he has, there are many of you and myself, I'm still curious if the VAX played an issue here or, or a role in this issue, because it absolutely could have. Everything is still in play. Anything's possible. He could have massive coronary problems. We don't know. We don't know. But the representative saying he was only resuscitated once, not twice, and the doctors are seeing what they want to see. At the same time, Mario Hamlin, who's DeMar Hamlin's dad, did a virtual call, a Zoom call with the Buffalo Bills yesterday. And did not speak after that, but he gave a an update from the hospital. He did a Zoom call. The entire Buffalo Bills team was in the room watching on the theater screen. The entire coaching staff, all the personnel of the Buffalo Bills were watching this. And Mario Hamlin, according to Bills sources, not Mario Hamlin, according to Bills sources, that, quote, the team needed this, unquote, according to these Bills sources, and that Mario Hamlin uh, gave a very positive presentation that the team much needed about the progress that DeMar is making. 
So the dad did a Zoom call with the team and led the team to believe that everything is going very, very well for DeMar Hamlin, and he's going to be fine. Now, again, these aren't doctors saying this. This is not some final report. This is not a news conference at the hospital. But representatives for DeMar Hamlin are painting a pretty bright picture here of DeMar's condition, and we thought we'd update you on that as it's been such a big story this week. That is really, really great news. <clears throat> I've heard from many of you that you have gone to advanced medical imaging in Lawrence and done the heart scan for the plaque score. We talked about this at the end of the podcast yesterday, and I cannot, at this time as we're all talking about heart disease, heart problems, we saw what we saw on Monday night, I can't stress more that if you're 40 or older, your insurance won't pay for this. This is not something your doctor is going to tell you to go do. I am not a doctor. For some reason, these heart scans are simply uh, not included in your insurance and not something like you can go get a colonoscopy. You can do all kinds of these, you know, you can get your, your um, mammograms. There's a lot of things that we can do that insurance pays for and why they don't do this one. I don't know. I honest to goodness do not know, but they don't pay for this. It's out of pocket, but it's less than a hundred bucks at advanced medical imaging. I've talked about the time that I went, Jessica went, and we went and did this. We got great peace of mind that we have zero plaque scores, which is a, a wonderful thing. But I, I am often reminded I, I shouldn't be bragging that I have a zero plaque score. That's not right because some people go there and find things out. And I received an email, and I'm not going to use any names here, but I, I thought you would find this more than interesting. I hope you find this as motivation, whether it's at advanced medical imaging or some other place to look, we, we, I've done this many times through the years, even on radio men. And we don't have all men here. I, I don't know what our breakdown is. I think it's about 70, 30 or, or two to one, maybe men to women, but men don't like to go to the doctor. We put things off and we shouldn't do that. We've talked about prostate exams, colonoscopies, all kinds of different things, but what's more important than your heart? And so I went and did this, and the fact that I experienced this and didn't, it was so easy. I just want to pass along to you that this can be either great peace of mind or maybe something really relevant in your life. And I received an email on Wednesday, Wednesday night, and I'm not going to use the names. It just says, hello, Kevin. I wanted to share a quick story about one of your sponsors. I've listened to you since the podcast started. I finally scheduled that heart scan for myself and my wife at Advanced Medical Imaging. I didn't think much of it since we're both healthy and in our mid-40s, but we're grateful we did it. While my score was a zero, the evening of the scan, we received a call at home from my wife's doctor informing her that she needed to see a cardiologist right away. Her plaque score was in the 99th percentile for someone her age and gender, so this was nothing to delay. While this was tough news to hear, it was not completely shopping, shocking as her family has a history of heart disease. She quickly got in to see the doctor and was told a disturbing fact that it probably wouldn't be a heart attack that's a problem for her. It would more likely be a stroke. While there's no specific medication that will reduce this plaque this time, we're now eating better, exercising every day, and are closely monitoring our heart. Thank you to Advanced Medical Imaging and this podcast for promoting such a service. It may have just saved my wife's life. I can't tell you how touching that is. And I thank you very much for sending that to me. I've received other emails from others who have gone there and found things. Some people have found things that aren't in their heart. They say, hey, we see something else in your chest. Go see your doctor. Um, 
This is the week, really, to think long and hard about this. After watching Damar Hamlin on Monday night, a 24-year-old, perfectly healthy, by all accounts, male, high-level athlete, have that cardiac issue, schedule your appointment. It's medimageks.com. It is medimageks.com. And I thank that gentleman and longtime listener for sharing his story. And I, it's a, I just, I, I emailed him back and I, I said, man, just live every moment. You guys got this. And I'm sure you're going to be happy and healthy for a long, long time. The doctors know what to do. Once they know what's there, it makes a huge, huge difference. So please make sure to have yourself get a physical every year. Do what you're supposed to do, man. Let's go. Don't let something sneak up on you. Women are so much better at that than men. Women are so much better at many things than men, but that is really at the top of the list. They just take better care of themselves. They do, and they're more, um, much more willing and diligent about checking out their health and making sure they're good. All right, on to the speakership battle in Washington, D.C. I, I was wrong a couple days ago. I was like, okay, it's here. Let's get to... Let's get to work. McCarthy's going to be the guy. Let's sign up. Let's go. That's that. And I still believe McCarthy is going to be the guy. I don't think there's any avoiding that at this point. But it is widely reported now that the staunch conservatives in the House are making progress with Kevin McCarthy on concessions as this has become more and more embarrassing for him, I think he recognizes if this goes on a long period of time, what's going to happen is they're going to find somebody on the outside. It would be unprecedented, but they're going to find somebody on the outside. If they can't agree, you can't expect the McCarthy people to come over and start voting for Scalise or something like that. They could find somebody on the outside. They could literally go get Lee Zeldin out of New York or Donald Trump or somebody like that. Heck, Newt Gingrich. I don't know. They could find somebody that's not in the House of Representatives and get the required 218 votes. I believe that's possible. And I think McCarthy knows that's possible. And this, this is not something that a lot of other people are talking about. I don't think it's a threat to jump with the Democrats. It's not a threat within. I don't think they're going to screw this up and have some sort of vote where, like if Democrats all of a sudden started voting for McCarthy or something, or, or, or McCarthy started doing something with them for something else, I, I don't see it. You know, if, if one or two Republicans jumped um, and, and flipped, we could see sort of a change. But right now, this is kind of hardened where it is. If the threat that McCarthy has, to me, is somebody from the outside that everybody could agree on and say, this is the way we're going to go, and we're going to announce that in six months, we'll revote. We'll just do this for now and get busy, and we'll revote in six months. McCarthy said after late-night meetings on Wednesday night, there is good progress. The reports out on Thursday are that concessions have been given and guarantees have been made. And this is McCarthy caving. And that means the last two days are not a joke. They're not an embarrassment. They are productive. There is a super PAC that McCarthy funds that now has agreed to stay out of open seat primaries in safely red districts. In other words, McCarthy was going in with his super PAC and he was supporting rhinos over conservatives in those districts and McCarthy has agreed to stop. He's also agreed with all this money uh, to uh, write some sort of language to stop other conservative PACs from doing that. What the conservatives want is a fair chance to win primaries in, you know, safely red districts. 
They don't want their own party coming after them. They just want it open and honest and keep the PACs out of here. That's an easy concession, I would think. Let's have fair and free and honest elections. We're talking about a lot of other things here with McCarthy, a lot of things on the books. We're talking about the right to recall him and have a new vote at any moment. He apparently has agreed to any member of the Republican Party bringing objection to his speakership and revoting. Cool. Okay. There are other things that appear. We saw a report two days ago. Tucker Carlson had two points that he thought McCarthy should cave on. One being release all the video of February 6th. Or I'm sorry, January 6th. Release all the video to the public. Just put it online for every little sleuth on the internet to, to look through and find every little thing. Because we assume the left has already done that with every little thing. Now let's go find out what they left out. I think that's a great idea. And form a committee. An investigation of the FBI and interference in elections. These are big items, big items. And apparently, according to reports, McCarthy has agreed to do that. We're getting there. It is believed that he could get as many as 10 more votes today and get to, what, 217 or eight more votes to get to 217, whatever the number is, that he's got some some sort of overnight assurance that enough of the 20 have flipped that they'll get him within one vote. That means they want him to keep working this morning, on Thursday morning. Keep working, keep working. Give something else. Give this, give that. There's probably one big thing. If you give in on this, you got the votes. And that's democracy, folks. That's how deals are made. That's how things are done. I don't see the downside to this. I don't think in six weeks anybody's going to remember that the House of Representatives was delayed by three days or four days. Again, if this goes into next week, it gets a little scary because then you don't know what may happen. But I think if they get it resolved Thursday, Donald Trump has tweeted out that he believes this is over. He thought that the negotiations that took place on Wednesday night are enough. And he's expecting great things on this Thursday that this will be done. And he has kind of changed his tune because he was blasting the process and supporting McCarthy and now saying, hey, y'all went art of the deal, baby. Y'all went and did your thing, and you got some good concessions. This is great for the Republican Party and great for America. So Trump seems to be kind of on board with what I'm saying now and has changed his mind that this was worth it. And if it was chaotic and embarrassing is ridiculous. The only people that are embarrassed by this is the people in the swamp. That's ridiculous. And, And the running around of, oh, the Democrats are so happy this is going on. Who cares what they think? Or what if this... If this gets them off on their jollies, they got real problems. All right, this is our house for two years. And if you're getting concessions from a speaker that you don't believe is far enough right, and he's he's conceding to what you want to have done, this is progress. And this is democracy. And I love it. We'll see what happens on Thursday. It looks like good things are coming out around this story. KKHI is brought to you by 360documentsolutions.com. Mark Lindquist, well, he's not a big McCarthy fan, but maybe he's becoming more of a fan here if he's conceding on these things. I'll have to call Mark later today and see if I can find out. Uh, 360documentsolutions.com is your business solution to make you just more productive and better at what you do and more therein more profitable. They do a complimentary analysis of all your document technologies, your IT programs, a complete review of your current costs. Then they come up with a new plan for you and you decide whether you want it or not. There's no pressure here. It's, we've got better equipment, better solutions, better ideas at a lower price. What do you think of this? And then you go, wow, Mark, where have you and your team been the last 10 years? You've really made our company better. 
It's what he specializes in. He's really great at this. Call Mark personally at 913-745-5344. Anywhere in the western part of Missouri, the entire state of Kansas, he or one of his team members, they have offices all over Kansas, one of his team members will come out and visit your business and spend time personally with you. These are great conservative people. He loves hiring conservatives. Make the switch with anything that you have, copiers, printers, doc technology, IT programs, phone systems, mailing systems, switch to this company. They're going to make you better. 363documentsolutions.com. North Kansas City Dental, online at nkcdental.com. That's Dr. Bill Bush. He's my guy. He's the dentist of the chiefs. You're all your regular dental care or implants, or maybe you want to get a diamond in your tooth or some kind of a tattoo thing on the back of it. They do all that cool stuff. Crowns, veneers, TMJ, teeth whitening, all at nkcdental.com. Two locations. They're at Armour and Swift in the Northland just across the river and in Westwood, Kansas, near the plaza. 816-471-2911. Online at nkcdental.com. And Back 9 Development, your new custom home builder. Thinking about building, custom home, or something on your property, even if we're talking farmland, rural areas, ranches, Back 9 Development would love to see your project and do for you what you'd like to have done. Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, Manhattan, they're developing all kinds of different projects and building beautiful custom homes. Back9development.com. Check out their portfolio for yourself and see if they might be a good fit for you with a business opportunity, commercial investment properties, condominium projects, apartment complexes, back9development.com. Okay, this story was sent to me by a listener, and this is just a beauty. This is just top-notch. This is where we have fun on the podcast. We say sports, politics, and life. This is politics, but this is more life, because this is just too much fun to share with you than it is to blast the left because we know the left's loony and we know that they do all kinds of goofy stuff. And so this really is life. This is a legitimate story at the Kansas city star and just gives you a peek into what liberals think about and how they think, which is for me life, because this is really funny. This is weird how we're all so different. I'm going to read part of this story to you because you're not going to believe it if I just try to tell you what it is. You're going to think I'm exaggerating. If I try to summarize this story, the first few paragraphs of the story, you will think I made it up and I'm embellishing and, you know, that I've lost my mind. So I'm just going to read it to you exactly as it is. On the hottest day of 2022 in Kansas City, three people were shot and killed. Three more were shot and survived. The temperature clocked in at 101 degrees on July 23rd. With 171 homicides, this year became the second deadliest on record in Kansas City. And some of those fatal shootings may be linked to an unexpected cause. Climate change. All right, there's the lead. In Journalism 101, there's what we call the lead. Now they've got your attention. People are dying. People are dying on hot days. Climate change is the reason. Oh, my God, it gets better from there. I'm going to continue reading the story. Researchers have analyzed more than 116,000 shootings in 100 cities and found that nearly 7% could be attributed to days with above-average temperatures, not only in the summer but at other times of year when it was unseasonably warm. 7%? In Kansas City, Missouri, the percentage of shootings tied to days with above-average temperatures was 6.13%. 
while in Kansas City, Kansas, it was 7.86. An increase in warmer temperatures and more frequent extreme heat events due to climate change may create environments with higher risk of firearm violence, the study says. Researchers conclude the findings, quote, underscore the importance of exploring heat mitigation strategies as tools to reduce shootings. I'm stopping right there. I'll revisit this moment. Stopping right there. That last paragraph says, the researchers conclude we must explore heat mitigation strategies to reduce shootings. We have crime up in America. People are shooting each other and we're dying. If we can fix global warming, the shootings will go down. We don't want to lock these people up and throw away the key. We don't want the death penalty. We don't want any of these other things that keep people from committing crimes. We don't do that. We got to lower the temperature. Or if we could just live in cold winter year round, that would fix the shootings. This is what they're saying. These people have lost their minds. I continue. Experts have theorized that warmer temperatures increase stress hormones and lead to more interactions between people. Wow. Anecdotally, I'm reading from the story again. Anecdotally, more violence occurs in the hotter months, says Janelle Friesen, spokeswoman for the United Government's Public Health Department. That's in Kansas City, Kansas, Wyandotte County. She noted the study also touches on environmental justice. Quote, structural racism and discriminatory policies and practices have led to inequities in the impact of climate change and environmental hazards, including a greater impact on BIPOC, which is a new term for me. That stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, BIPOC. The health department is working to better understand how it can tackle environmental justice issues and how this connects to addressing other public health issues like violence. The study said redlining and disinvestment issues that Kansas City areas long struggled with have led to communities of color in areas with less green space and more asphalt. That can lead to the heat island effect, which increases temperatures. In an analysis of these 60 cities, a report ranked Kansas City as having the seventh most intense summer heat island effect. Bridging the gap has planted thousands of trees in an effort to reduce the heat effect in Kansas City, which can increase temperatures in neighborhoods by up to seven degrees, says Kristen Riot, the executive director. Priority number one in terms of heat island mitigation is those historically underserved areas. There it is. Let me rewrite the headline of this story because their headline is climate change linked to gun violence in Kansas City. Here's the headline. Whack jobs believe planting trees will stop gun violence. That's it. That's your headline. Whack jobs believe planting trees will stop gun violence. This is their solution. These are, these are college-educated people. These are people, executive directors. These are people leading up multi-multi-billion-dollar corporations that do research. Planting trees will stop the shootings. Wow. I mean, thank you for the gentleman that sent that to me. I missed that somehow. That's an unbelievable story. That, there's, no, there's no politics to this. This is just life. This is what we're dealing with in this country and in our culture today. This is what we're dealing with. There are too many people out there that are too unhappy, too miserable, and too educated that have way too much time on their hands 
And it leads to this. When you become the country of a certain wealth and enough people are situated in their lives to where what they worry about is how many trees are planted downtown, there, there, there's a compliment in here in the United States of America. There really is. that We've gotten to a place where it's this easy to live here and be American. That this is what you stress about. That this is what you think about all day. My God, there are so much bigger things on this planet and in this country than this. God bless them. God bless all the Karens out there that think about this every single day. Really, absolutely remarkable. We're gonna plan. By the way, the the money. I think all these trees was part of the federal stimulus thing. The COVID money. Didn't Kansas City? I could be wrong on this. I think we took a giant batch of COVID money and said we were planting trees with it. And then they want to do with the bridge, the Buck O'Neill Bridge, they want to do trees and stuff on that bridge and create a community area. Because the bridge is going to be gone, right? It's, they're going to they got a new bridge. It's not, I, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not up on the bridge. I just remember they, they want to plant grass and flowers and trees all over this bridge. Not sure that helps. That's over the water. I thought the idea was to do this where all the asphalt is. That's over the water. Oh, they don't care. Take that federal money and plant those trees, baby. Let's get it done. One more item that doesn't really fall under the heading of sports before we get to sports, and that is the Fox Sports show called Undisputed with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Shannon Sharp was back with Skip Bayless on Wednesday. Shannon skipped the Tuesday show. Let me say right at the front, I like Shannon Sharp on there better than Skip Bayless. I think he's interesting. I think he's entertaining. A lot of people don't like him because of his time against the Chiefs and the things that he said in the past, whatever. For me, he's just an interesting, entertaining guy. But he allows his over-the-top liberalism and the color of his skin too often to dictate what his opinions are. And in this case, Shannon Sharp skipped work on Tuesday because Skip Bayless put out a tweet on Monday night during the Jamar, Demar Hamlin incident, where he basically, we, we went over this yesterday. You, you know what he did. Skip Bayless didn't say anything wrong. What he said was facts, and the truth, too soon for many people, is intolerable. We cannot have the truth. We're not dealing with the truth right now. We're looking at this incident in this football game. Truth be damned, this, this is the way it's going to be. We're going to go with what liberals think and not the truth. Skip Bayless, by most accounts, is a liberal in the media and sides with Shannon Sharp on almost everything politically and liberally on this show and has for years. Shannon Sharp returned to the show on Wednesday, and it got pretty ugly. Sharp started on a monologue and said, here's why I wasn't here yesterday, and I couldn't handle it, and I was watching this incident as a former player, and it was emotional. And then he said, and of course, Skip tweeted out a tweet, and Skip jumped in and said, hey, wait a second. And Shannon said, and Shannon just undressed him. It's too long for me to play here. He just undressed him and said, you're interrupting me. This is the problem with this show. You're interrupt- you, you were not supposed to interrupt me. And Skip said, you weren't supposed to bring up my tweet. And he goes, well, the bosses and, you know, you're in trouble. He goes, no, no, the boss. Skip says, the boss has never said a word to me. I don't take back one word of my tweet. And Shannon goes, you haven't even taken it down yet. He said, I'm not taking it down. It's the truth. I explained it. I did a semi-apology that I, I sent it too quickly. It maybe was insensitive to post it as quickly as I did. But the facts are correct, and everything I wrote is right. I'm not taking it down. And my God, I just applaud Skip Bayless for this. 
Was his timing off? Did he do it too quickly? Maybe, but you know what? He's in the media. Twitter's immediate. It's what it is. And there was Skip Bayless in a thought-provoking, factual, interesting tweet that made liberals' heads explode. And I read it and I went, well, that does seem a little distasteful right now or insensitive with the timing, but he's right. Everything he said there is right. And I don't think Shannon Sharp can ever see that. I don't. I think Shannon Sharp gets confused here that he's mad at Skip Bayless for the tweet instead of maybe being mad and saying, look, Skip, you admitted it, and this is what bothered me most was the timing of the thing. It was too soon. And you, you admit that, that maybe you should have waited a few more minutes and done something differently. But I understand not taking it down. I wouldn't take it down either. Don't back down. Way to go, Skip Bayless. Totally appreciate that and applaud you for that. Before we get to sports, shout out to our friends at Finch Knife Company, Spencer and Steve, my buddies over there at Finch out in Stillwell, make the best pocket knives you've ever seen. You can see them in person at Shields in Overland Park or log on to finchknifeco.com. They'll probably have six to eight new series of knives coming out this year. So you want to check their website frequently, sign up for their email list or get notified from them when a new series of knives comes out. They've released the newest design to dealers. It's called Reciprocity. You want to check those out at finchknifeco.com. Advantage Termite and Pest Control. Anywhere in the Kansas City area, Advantage will come right out. The second you see something, give them a call. Better yet, sign up for the annual service and you'll never see anything. Call Aaron and his team at Advantage Termite and Pest Control and make the switch today. 913-768-8989. If you've just acquired a property, if you're moving, if you have rental properties and you want to make a switch, they'll do anything commercial. They do apartment buildings, office buildings, commercial, residential, Advantage Termite and Pest Control, AdvantageTPC.com. All right, on to sports. We're going to be Missouri heavy here today. Not just Mizzou, but the state of Missouri. So here we go. Let's start with Missouri and Arkansas on Wednesday night. Arkansas wins 74-68. This was a good basketball game. Missouri looked terrific in building that lead. 24-8 start for Mizzou, and they just looked unbeatable like they were going to run away with this thing as they had previously done against Illinois, where there's a lot to like about Mizzou. There's a lot to like here. In this game, they were on the road playing against a high-quality opponent, that shook off a terrible start, unlike Texas the night before against Kansas State, and then battled back. Trailing 34-19, the key to this game, in my opinion, was the final moments of the first half where Arkansas scored the last eight points. That brought it 34-27, and the ball game was on. There was a 9-0 run in the second half by Arkansas that gave them a 46-42 lead, and that led to their victory. Look, this isn't the end of the world for Missouri. This is not a game that I expected them to win. They were an underdog, not a big underdog. Um, They lost by six. I think they were a six, five, six, seven-point underdog in the game. So it was very close to what the Vegas line was. There was nothing really surprising here other than if you look at, you know, who led Missouri, it wasn't the guys you want to lead Missouri. You didn't hear from Hodge. Kobe Brown had 11 points. We need more than that. So there is that. With Missouri, you know, you have to, you have to, this is the time of year where every team starts playing in a conference and these coaches and the the teams know you better than the opponents you've played in the non-con. 
And they've got an entire non-con full of film. And they've said, well, this, when this team was really good, this is what they did well. And you say, I mean, we saw a couple of moments where Grady Dick for Kansas just went crazy. And when he did, you were beat. It would be like a 13-2 run where he heated up, would hit three threes or something, and everybody else would get swarming defense, transition buckets, a couple of free throws, whatever. It would be a 13-2 Kansas run, and you don't come back from that against Kansas. So I think one of the things I'm seeing against Kansas is they're saying, let's put our best perimeter defender on Grady Dick, and if Harris beats us, well, then, okay, this is what well, we're seeing that. Kansas adjusted. They got another guy that hits threes, and he hit five of them the other night against Texas Tech. So it's not that they don't have other players. Kansas is better than that. They have, they have good players on the floor at all times. They're not particularly deep this year, but they got good players on the floor. You try to shut one guy down and give too much attention to that, another guy can beat you. What we got to find out with Missouri and Kansas State is when you shut down their big guys, are there other players that are going to step up? We saw a heavy game the other night. Kansas State had Noel and Johnson combined for what, 62 points? More than that, 64 points maybe. They combined for the two of them combined for 64. What if you're a team that matches up well and you could hold Johnson to 14 and Noel to 10 and they score 24 instead of 64? What's the rest of the outfit going to do? That's kind of what I took away from Missouri's game last night. When, when you get in the league and when Kobe scored 11 in a game where maybe you needed him to score 21, what you going to do? Missouri sorts get 68. Most games this, this year, they've scored in the 80s, if not 90 or above. So Arkansas did things to Missouri that has not been done to them before. Kansas did it, but Kansas is really good. So I think we learned a little bit something about the Missouri Tigers in this game. And this is where I mentioned Dennis Gates and Jerome Tang are both, like maybe one and two right now, for leading candidates for National Coach of the Year. This is where coaching comes in. This is where we start to see who can coach and who can't. You get into your conference and everything's exposed. They know everything about you. There is no night off. You could play the last place team and find yourself in a dogfight. There's no night off. And now for Missouri and Kansas State, there's no sneaking up on anyone. They're ready for you. They're ready for you. K-State's at Baylor this weekend. Baylor had a big lead last night and blew it at the end against TCU. They are a wounded animal, hungry 0-2 in the Big 12, a traditional college powerhouse. You have to call Baylor that now. A traditional top 10 program is 0-2, and here comes Kansas State. You think they're not going to be foaming at the mouth Saturday? This is going to get hard. This league is going to be hard, and so is the SEC, and we saw that with Missouri last night. But there's, not, there's no negative here. Look, I didn't expect Missouri to win the game. This was a, an opportunity to go get one, but they didn't lose anything last night. They didn't lose to some bottom feeder in Columbia. That was not a no, no season maker last night. Both Arkansas and Missouri are 12-2, on the season and one and one in the conference, everything is out there for Missouri. All right, big deal in Jefferson City. Missouri sports betting is at the front of the docket here for the house. And they learned uh, the reason it's it's being pushed to the front of Missouri, get these numbers. This is amazing. November 27th, the day the Chiefs played the Rams. This is not a big game. Chiefs played the Rams. It was a dud, really. November 27th, 82,000 attempts in the state of Missouri for people to sign on to a gambling app and place a wager in one day. In three months plus one week, so we'll call that uh, 13 weeks, the first 13 weeks of the NFL season, the first 13 weeks of the NFL season in Missouri, 
They have a geo-tracking system. 5.7 million attempts were made by Missourians to log on to one of these sites and place a bet, and they were denied. 5.7 million times people in Missouri through the first 13 weeks of the NFL season tried to log on and bet. What are we learning about the people that are betting? Well, we're learning that the explosion of these apps and legalized local gambling is what we're calling it now, I think. The explosion in this is because of women. (laughs) 4.6 million women in America signed on in 2022 to have an app and bet on sports. They are signing up at 2.6 times the percentage increase. I'm sorry, I have that wrong. How do I say it? They are signing up 2.6 times more than men, percentage-wise, not total. Okay, Their growth rate of signing up based on how many women gamble now and how it's growing is two and a half times faster than men. That's shocking. 47% of sports fans in America now are women. 31% of bettors of sports, people who bet on sports, are women. So it is a booming deal, and Missouri sees this, and they're going to get a better deal than Kansas. You watch what happens. Missouri has a $6 billion surplus right now, and sports betting will only help with that to the coffers in Jeff City. And this is a beautifully run state. Missouri's just clicking along, man. Missouri's clicking $6 billion surplus. Can you imagine if our federal government had a surplus, what the economy of this country would be? $6 billion surplus in the state of Missouri. And... They believe they'll have sports gaming done by the time they hit their spring break in the house session in Jeff City. So this will be done. Now, that's not going to get you up and running for college basketball or March Madness, but it will have it up and running by September for football. So we'll see that. And you know what? Even in the state of Missouri, if you can get this thing up in July, get it up in July because Cardinal fans are going to bet on baseball like crazy. I don't know about Royals fans. Cardinals fans, there's going to be all kinds of people in Missouri betting on baseball. Missouri will be percentage-wise of population one of the highest baseball betting states in America. Because it's not a high population, there's two major league teams. Baseball will be a big deal in the state of Missouri. You will see ads all over the place about betting in Missouri, specifically to baseball bettors. With the Royals and the Cardinals, especially the Cardinals, you're going to see that. Some stunning numbers, and Missouri has pushed this to the front. Kansas, the deal they set up is just a total scam. It was typical politicians lining their pockets, getting all kinds of sweet things for themselves. It's not making much money in Kansas because they blew it with the way they set it up for taxpayers. Again, they just didn't think about the taxpayers much and the people of Kansas, which is not surprising to anyone that listens to this podcast. I'll tell you who cares about you and your home is uh, my friend Tim Cross over at Cross Kitchens. Online at crosskitchenskc.com. I went and visited a buddy yesterday. I had to swing by his house and I had not been to his new house where they just recently moved. And the house is 30 years old. And I walked through it and I went, wow. He goes, man, we found a gym. They completely remodeled this 30-year-old home. And it's a beautiful home. It's got woods behind it. It's on a great lot. And it's got these unbelievable windows. And they redid the countertop. said, your countertops and the flooring looks just like my house. My house is one year old. He said, yeah, these people, it was a young couple. They had this house. They remodeled the whole thing before they put it on the market. And it is amazing. So you walk in a 30-year-old house and you see a brand new house. And I saw that yesterday. And I can't tell you that Cross Kitchens did that. Maybe Tim did. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. I give him the address. It's unlikely that he did the remodel. But wow, what it does for a home that's older is just unbelievable. And you can do this this year with Cross Kitchens. Whether it's 
that house was pretty much all of it. There was work done pretty much in every room. But if it's just one room, maybe it's, maybe it's just your master bathroom you want to fix. Maybe it's just that. You know, maybe you want a bigger shower. You want to get rid of your tub or something. They can do any of these things. Complete kitchen remodels, man cave, you name it. Cross Kitchens, KC.com, 816-898-7047. How about this from the University of Kansas? Offensive coordinator Andy Kotelnicki is a rising star in college football. There's no question about it. He's been with Lance Leipold for a decade now. They're attached at the hip. Leipold knows how important it is to have his offensive coordinator, Kotelnicki, there. And he's done a great job. And he got a new contract. And we now have the details of KU's offensive coordinator's new contract. He got a million dollars a year for five years, a $100,000 bonus every year he finishes, and other guarantees in the contract that make it totally worth $5.75 million. That's before bonuses. It is good to be an offensive coordinator in college football. 70% of this contract is guaranteed if they fire him. If they fire him tomorrow, he gets 70% of the $5.75 million. The cool part here is for him, there is no head coach buyout at all, which is standard for college or the NFL. There are some buyouts for the NFL. If somebody wants him as an OC in the NFL, they got to pay Kansas a boatload of money, 750000 bucks. If Leipold leaves, this is the interesting part of this contract. The money's great, but the interesting part is Andy Kotelnicki is Leipold's offense coordinator. If Leipold leaves, Kotelnicki can be bought out for half price. If he leaves with him. No, actually, if, just if Leipold leaves. He doesn't have to leave with him. If Leipold leaves, uh, he's a cheap buyout. So that's kind of interesting. I, I've thought all along, if Leipold leaves, that's the end of Leipold and Kotelnicki. Kotelnicki will be the head coach at Kansas. So we'll keep an eye on that one. It's interesting. Kansas is playing big-time stuff now. You want to get your program to a point where you're retaining coaches and not doing what Eli Drinkwitz is right now, which is looking for an O.C., You want to pay your coaches. You want to retain them. You want momentum. You want interest. You want fun things happening for your fan base. And that's all happening at Kansas, which is pretty cool. What's happening with the Chiefs? Well, injuries are the big story with the Chiefs. Look, a lot of Chiefs players have commented on DeMar Hamlin in that situation. I'm not covering that here because I I hate to say it, but everybody's kind of feels that we all feel the same thing. These players don't really know him. They know they have the same, they make their living the same way. But these players have accepted risk a long time ago uh, of being professional football players. That's why they pray before games, they pray at halftime, and they pray after games. It's a lot of prayer in the NFL. A lot of religious players. A lot of Christians out there and a lot of prayer. And it's powerful and it's important to them. Meaningful, spiritual, and it should be. But there isn't really any headline for me to say, hey, this Chiefs player said this or what I just, there's a lot of that out there. You can go read it and find it in other places. And all of it's good and it's important. And it's, I've got nothing negative to say. It just doesn't really belong here with analysis or commentary. We all feel the same way about DeMar Hamlin. So the big story with the Chiefs right now is injuries. And if you want to know how important the game against the Raiders is, on Saturday. There's two things at play here. Yes, the Chiefs can become the one seed, but perhaps more importantly, and unspoken at this point, is wrapping up the two seed. That's no joke. That means you're going to have to probably play Cincinnati and Buffalo, but Cincinnati would play here, and the Chiefs wouldn't be going there. That in and of itself is the reason for anyone with any 
you know, malady, injury, problem, whatever, get their butt out on the field and beat the Raiders Saturday, okay? This is a massively important game that not very many Chiefs fans think is important. What you don't want to be is the three seed. That means you would likely have to go to Cincinnati and then to Buffalo to get the Super Bowl. I don't like the Chiefs' chances at all. They have to go to both places. I don't. I could see them getting up for one, not two weeks in a row. Can't see it. Those teams are really good, and they're really good at home, just like the Chiefs. So I don't see it. Cincinnati did it, right? Cincinnati was a road warrior last year and got the job done, came here and and got the job done. And the Bills basically did until those famous 13 seconds that were so spectacular. But this is a big, big game. I think Chiefs fans are looking at it like, ah, the Raiders suck. Look at the line. The line went from 9.5 to 7.5. I think it's going back up now. But the Raiders played great last week. I mean, they played great football last week. And they are more likely to play great against a division opponent than someone from the NFC. I'm, I'm very worried about this game and have been. This is a massive game for the Chiefs. If you want, if your goal is to get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, this is a massive game. This may as well be a playoff game. I, can't, I cannot overemphasize how important this game is. Harrison Butker, shocking, has back spasms, so he didn't practice on Wednesday. They're looking at other kickers, and Andy Reid went out of his way to say, we've got full confidence in Harrison. We're just doing this because it's back spasms, and we think it's going to be fine and whatever. But, yeah, we may be looking at other kickers. I'll get back to you on that. This kicking thing is as worrisome as anything in the postseason. The the, The place kicking situation is troubling at best. McCole Hardman is back. He's going to be activated to the 53-man roster. Legereus Sneed and Sky Moore both practiced on Wednesday. Joe Tooney practiced with his ankle injury on Wednesday. You don't have to know anything other than that. Wednesday's kind of the day. You get out there after you didn't do the light stuff earlier in the week or whatever or were considered down, and you get out there on Wednesday and Thursday and you practice fully and you're ready to go and you're in the game, and this game matters that much. It matters that much because your Wednesday practice this week is essentially your Thursday practice. So you, you, you got to get out there. Got to get out there and you got to get it done. And the Chiefs play at 3.30 on Saturday. I also want to remind you about the KK list. I, I keep forgetting to mention this. I get a lot of emails from you still. Hey, what's that one sponsor? Hey, who are those people? It's all in one place at the KK list. And I really, you should just go there any day. You're shopping for anything, services, anything, retail, goods and services. It's at thekklist.com. Great businesses like Joslin's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch. You know all about them. Roberts Robinson, our official car dealership of KKHI. If you haven't noticed, we really only have one sponsor in every category. I could probably go out at this point and get five car dealerships to advertise on KKHI. That is not how we're doing it. We started this thing two years ago on a handshake. Conservative businesses stepped forward said, I want to be part of this. They have been loyal from day one. We will not be adding other car dealers. It's not what we do. Roberts Robinson's our guy. You see other, you see TV stations, you see radio stations, you see all kinds of different car dealers advertising all over this. That's not what this business is. We're a mom and pop small business. We know our sponsors. We love our sponsors. We are loyal to our sponsors. And we hope and pray every day that you're loyal to our sponsors. And you see this as a family. And I'm not sitting here pimping seven different car dealerships to you. You may not want a GM product. You may drive something else. I get it. I'm not asking you to switch, but if, I'm a, if you're in the market for a GM, Chevy, Buick, GMC, 
I'd appreciate it if you gave Roberts Robinson the opportunity in your business. That'd be awesome. Or if you want to get your car serviced, they do that for you. Same thing. So many of you go to Joslin's and have had your jewelry repaired there or you've bought things. It's great. So if you want to match up with any of our sponsors and support businesses that support the things that we believe, that'd be awesome. You can find them all in one place. It's the KKList.com. That's the KKList.com. They're all in one spot. If your business wants to join the list, go to the list and click on the thing that says join. It'll get you an email form, send it right to us. We'll get you on the list. TheKKList.com. We would love to have your conservative business on TheKKList.com. So get in touch with us. We can make that happen for you. And we'll send our 25,000 daily followers to the KK List to find your business. Pretty cool stuff. They're going to want to do business with your business too because they're going to know if you're there, you're like us. We're American patriots. We believe in American exceptionalism. We do not apologize for the greatness of our country. We do not apologize for our history. We don't. History, as they say, is history. It's gone. We are still trying to form a more perfect union. We know how we see that, how we want to do it, and we will fight for that. We will vote for that. We will try to convince others that that's the way to go. That's what we do every day here at KKHI. We're so pleased to have you as part of that. If you would like to support these sponsors, go to the KKList.com. The KKList.com. Another part of Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. Ah!